or the divide of how people are treated at work at the moment. So why is this divide existing and how can I contribute to make it disappear? Or how can I contribute to make it less divide? Can we as a human race diminish this from ever being a part of our future? If it's always been a part of our past, is the past going to predict the fact that it will always be part of our future? Is there a way for us to actually remove it, erase it from existence? Welcome to TNT with Teresa Quinlan and Reese Thomas. We are friends from across the pond on a life evolution. We want to bring you topics that challenge your status quo. Guests that help you think differently. And nuggets of wisdom that spark being. Being what? You. Authentic you. Today we're welcoming our dear friend, Nuria Rojo. Nuria is an organization transformation consultant. She's guiding organizations towards self-managed, bureaucracy-free, and human-centered models, considering the organization as an ecosystem where all the parts are interrelated. She combines a passion for people, data, technology, learning, and challenging the traditional status quo and takes very diverse roles to get as close as possible to the reality. Nuria's purpose is to make an impact in people's lives at work, making them feel fulfilled with who they are and what they do, while creating successful businesses, doing good for the planet and society. She started as a business consultant and a project manager in the telecommunication area with an engineering background. She took the leap to lead and collaborate in global international post-merger initiatives across functions, levels, and countries in a big IT corporation. And Nuria has worked and lived in more than 15 countries. So we're going to get a lot of uh, diverse experiences here coming at you. We're so excited and welcome to TNT, Nuria. Hi, Teresa and Grace. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Our pleasure. Long time coming, but yeah, I'm excited to this. And Finally, we made it. <laughs> you know, 15 different countries. I mean, perhaps you could uh, uh, choose a different language to answer each question with, if that's possible. That'd be a, I can't guarantee we'll understand what your response is, but it'll be fun. I wish I, I could speak 15 languages, but unfortunately, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Why? We'll stick to English then. <clears throat> well, if I can give you a tip, if you just talk with Italian hands, we can usually figure out what you're saying anyway. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Spanish hands are pretty good as well, I think. Spanish hands, that's right, exactly. <laughs> so, what we do know about you and the work that you're doing is, it comes from a very grounded position of, and we said it in your introduction, passion. You are so passionate about creating these spaces of self-managed, bureaucracy-free, hierarchy-free in that traditional sense of what hierarchy can do and how it can be damaging. You have mentioned it that what we're really trying to do is fight against this great divide that is created within a lot of our life places and specifically in our workplaces. So if you would share with us your personal experience of how this became something that became like your obsessed focus? I think I had never thought that I would be doing this when I was starting my, my studies or starting my career. 
but somehow uh, I have arrived to what I think is the right place now. I was I, I always wanted to be myself and to be respected or and be valued, and I think that is that is common for everyone. But you go to an em- environments where you think it's not correct, so you should not be valued and you should not be respected, and you accept it like it is. And at the beginning of my career, I was I was traveling a lot with a, a, an association at the university still, and I could meet a lot of people from different countries. I was uh, having very deep experiences with them. And this showed me that I wanted to discover if these people from so different countries in Europe, I still talk in Europe, but not, this, not the most developed countries in Europe, were having something in common with me. The ground was that we were all, all studying at university. Other common topic was that we chose the countries that were developing, like Spain was developing at that time. It was not the richest countries like Germany or uh, UK at the beginning. So I went to the most, those countries were developed. And I found that we had a lot of things in common as human beings, and we were completely different, had different history, different politicians, different culture. And this brought me to to really go deeper into the the human being that we can do so many things together independently of what we are where we are coming from, and what is actually surrounding us. And that was the beginning of I think the what the spark that it was within me when I was offered to travel uh, in different countries to live there with the people and try to understand that the connection with people can make wonders independently of what is your environment. And maybe that is, for instance, I was, I give a little personal story that when I was traveling in all these countries, we were sleeping in very different places. We were students. In Turkey, for instance, we would sleep in dormitories where girls and boys were split in different uh, rooms. Then we would go to Russia, and in Russia, in Moscow, we would sleep in an old gym from the Soviet Union still, and we would sleep all together in sleeping bags next to each other. Or would go to Finland and sleep together in a hut where we had to go outside in the forest for our toilet needs. When you have this a different environment around you, brings the best at the end of out of your humanity because you think deeper into why are we here and what makes us connect independently of what is around and that is what it can be applicable and i think that is how i i try to bring it to the workplaces at the moment how different could can our environments be our religion, our family things, but we can have all a human connection within the company, within the workplace that can make wonderful things happen. I'm really enjoying this story. Like I imagine I'm seeing how you guys are all different, but in, when you're in this situation, you have to go into a new country, new job, whatever it might be, different languages, you have to find the even the smallest things that are common between you and this is the thing that we're talking about the, the commonality between everyone rather than focusing on the separation 
that is amplified in on an individual perspective in everyday life and then in the workplace having people separated or into silos or different teams is in one way idea of competitiveness but also it's a way of controlling them and also a way of preventing a change really you know this is the system this is how it works and this is what we expect but your your experience there you talk about going to different places meeting different people and obviously I'm assuming different language and things but it was these individual things these human qualities the values that allowed you to connect with these people whether it was in a dormitory or in the forest or you know head office in in Madrid so I'm wondering, like you mentioned ecosystem. And to me, that's that when I think of that, I think of like a, all parts interacting for the benefit of each other to sustain each other to well create life, but also just to create success. So I'm wondering, creating that connection between, you know, what's been divided, your job is to come in and find the commonalities between them and create that bridge and, and to strengthen or reinforce or even just create out of nothing an ecosystem that that works and also has a future so i'm interested in this uh, this idea of an ecosystem in the workplace can you give us a bit more on your take on that yes when we look at the organizations we we look at them and they every person sees isolated in where they are and so imagine that you are in a forest where every four trees are isolated by wall. So you put an artificial wall into these trees and you would think this is a, a pine tree field and next to it there is an orchard with uh, sunflowers and then there is some uh, uh, tulips and something like that. It, this cannot work, but it's like something like that. Everyone thinks it's a different kind of field and they think they are independently from each other. The reality is that everyone is influenced by something else, even if they think they live in these three fields and they think there is no connections. That, that is the, what they think. They think in this siloed organization, there are not interconnections. There are, because how people are selected, for instance, to enter the company is a consequence of how your culture is, of how your leadership is, about how the decision-making is. Can your teams select the people or is only HR selecting the people. So it's all interconnected. Then how the people, how this team is working is not, is not just a consequence of what, how many skills they have, is how much trust is created in this team and who is responsible for this trust and this psychological safety. Maybe not even the team leader has full power over that. Is the, the company doesn't value people that tells the truth or that is brave enough to bring a topic that's influencing them. So for me, an ecosystem, when I see, look at, first of all, we have to be aware that the workplace is an ecosystem, that the trees are not there like that, but all the roots that are under are interconnected. The roots are interconnected and they get the oxygen from the floor. Not only the leaves get the oxygen from the sky, but from the floor. And that is what makes the connection that uh, the, 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 the visual of an organization that is all interconnected. 
and you can see this oxygen that you can get from different places. A healthy field depends on the, on the oxygen, on the light, on the temperature, on the water, on how you treat the fields and the bad herbs are coming or not, on the animals around the forest. And here as well, we should take care of all these ingredients that make our workplace with the best conditions. When we don't care about these components, then we are losing the full potential of this, call it forest, that we could have a super healthy forest, but we ignore what are the components for making it healthy. That's a beautiful analogy. Nature is a really great demonstrator for how we can remove things like silos and take a look at well what does not exist what's not present in nature that is present in human interactions perhaps we want to talk about the ego that level of conscious awareness of i am and you aren't i'm this you aren't that i have this title you don't have that title so the labeling capacity that happens within our human connections is part of what creates the great divide of wanting to put up these walls and create now the silos and say, no, our specialty is this. And if you don't have that specialty, you don't get to come into this field. Exactly. And this is a very good topic, let's say, because when in, a, in an ecosystem, when something is taking uh, power over the rest, then the ecosystem dies. There has to be a balance in everything. And it's what's happening in the workplaces. These ecosystems, when somebody is so important, never make failures, always takes the right decisions, even they are not the right decisions, is damaging the value of the rest. It's creating this divide of I'm the right person, I'm the one uh, who has the power, I'm one, the one telling you what you have to do. And that is okay. And that could be okay for certain circumstances, but I think we are at a moment where not everyone is okay when they cannot create, when they cannot talk, when they cannot share. We are not at a moment that we are paid for being quiet and for being not creative because that is damaging ourselves. So we don't want to be in workplaces where we cannot have a meaningful life. We are still doing that because we don't have alternatives. But I think this divide is not, is not bringing the best out of companies. Mm -hmm. So why are we insisting in this kind of ecosystem when we know that it's damaging the system? And it's not only the front line that is suffering that, but also a different kind of levels in the hierarchy. They understand that what they are doing, some, this is what I call bureaucracy, some management roles are not doing much valuable work for the customer, for employees, for society. They don't do any valuable. They spend time and doing reports for a matrix organization and they hate even doing that. So they see their value is not there. So that is what I call bureaucracy is not valuable work at the end that brings nothing additionally to this ecosystem. So why shouldn't we eliminate that activities and ask the manager, and there are already companies have done that, what are your activities, what can be done by, by your team, and what can we eliminate from there? And then the manager could say, oh, I would be great when I can do something of value for my team or for the organization. But this first step, acknowledging that something else is possible, that we are operating 
with the system that was created 100 years ago mm -hmm. for creating as many cars as possible with that were all in black and were all the same using that model again today to do the different completely different things in a complete different moment in life where all the technology is available for connecting collaborating and sharing our our mindset so we are using a system that is not giving us the flexibility adaptability and respect for the employees or the people working in a company that we need at the moment so it's really interesting what you said there about the managers because all the way through the development of this system that we're talking about this hierarchy that has been you know etched in stone these managers have been seen as so important they've fed into that self-importance and they perpetuated that separation divide that you're talking about but you you're so right that you know everything is changing we don't necessarily need people don't need to be managed so we don't need the manager layer everywhere these people need to be liberated like you said and to do more meaningful purposeful work whether it's creating community whether it's creating belonging whether it's getting more involved in the hiring process and, and you know i have experience of that and, and and yeah you're right they should expect hr to do you know, we're the hiring manager we're the people who are going to be working with them we know what we want with this is the system why can't we just why can't this be like one of the you know 50 percent at least of, of our job is is focused on this the other 50 percent is developing one the people once they come on that that should be it the you know we can automate all of the uh, report writing and all those kind of things that fill up their time that sort of thing but and then to play on the ecosystem idea you know yes we have a tree and it has different branches and different areas and they're separate but there's still this thing in the middle which connects all of them so i'm wondering if you were going into your organization if you were going to change this kind of model to help bring more integration more interconnectedness more community more but then i'm, I'm also worried that the more you give people the freedom to do all these things, the, the more division that this might bring. You know, everyone wants to share their voice, which is great, but it might actually cause even more divide. So, yeah, there'll be the naysayers who say, well, you know, let's just keep it as it is and you know, there won't be any more problems. We can manage these problems. We know what to expect if we open the door to all these other possibilities. You know, there's the, there are the other things. So let's come back to this idea of the tree. How do we, how would you as the expert consultant go into the company? And, and as I said before, not just be the bridge, but build them and, and have other people playing this central role. What does that central role look like? Is it a new thing? Is it, is it something we already do? We just need to reframe it a little bit and we, we need to reposition this, these ideas. You tell it very, very well done. Companies should become communities. Organizations are not communities, are hierarchies at the moment. If you want to eliminate what is not working, so you need at least two or three people in the company that is aware about this problem and say, look, this is blocking us. The way we are thinking is blocking us. We cannot, this system is not giving us what we need at the moment. So we have to, you have to start with this awareness being able to understand what are the needs. So where is the system failing? If you are not understanding that, then you cannot transform. That is the very first step. You need two or three people that at least support you in this journey because one person alone against the full organization can, doesn't work. But if you identify, you give the chance to people to say, who would be with me? Who would like 
to analyze what they can do differently and how can we dismantle the system that is blocking us. And you will always find somebody. But usually this, this opportunity is not given to the company. So if you can identify those people that are with you and these are creating a community, these are people volunteering to say, yes, I really believe that this system is blocking us. Why don't we do something different? Do we have a solution? No. Can we try all together? Yes. What can we do? We cannot wait. We cannot wait for a perfect solution. Let's experiment. Let's find where we can do things better and let's experiment with anything that we have in mind. Here is not who is I'm winning and you are losing, is how we can win together. It's a, it's a, there starts the community. If we can be able to bring 100 people, 1,000, whatever, you can start with four, you start creating the community. These people have to come volunteering. That is a community. A community comes because they want to be there, not because they have to be there. And they come, they feel this connection, a strong connection in doing something completely different. And we are not going to be punished for that because we are all understanding that we have to do something different. We have to experiment and we don't know what it works and what doesn't work. The thing in this transformation is that people are very used like in the traditional model that the CEO, the COO, the business leader is choosing something and is, is telling the others, oh, this is the best practice. You will not now adopt this practice. We will implement this. What is happening now that is not implemented. It's created by several people that are thinking with different kinds of thoughts, deciding together with different levels, with different backgrounds, with different jobs, because this is not really important. What is important is who really wants to change, because what you leave behind is not going to come again. The system is so different that you, you need somebody. And what I'm trying is to, when I go to the companies, is find these persons that have some kind of awareness that where they are is not the best place. And the symptoms can be very different, but common. So in this kind of environments, you can feel people are unhappy. People are not contributing freely with each other. They are not sharing information. They are not happy. When you ask them, why are you not feeling good? They answer, I'm not treated like a human being. Nobody cares about me. I don't have a way to do something else that I like. I cannot be myself. You ask the management and they tell you, oh, they don't care about quality. They are not focused enough. They are not skilled. And then you go to problems with quality, with customer complaints, with you don't have the right strategy for your customer. You are selling something that in a way that is not the best. All these symptoms come together. But when you touch only one symptom, doesn't solve usually the others. When you said like companies need to become communities because they aren't currently communities, at least not all the time, I started to write down what are the building blocks of a community. The first thing I wrote down was individuals that want to be part of the whole. <laughs> so if we're going to build a community, then we need people to, of their own free will, want to be part of the community, number one. Two, service to and with others. So that element of service is something that I think is so undervalued 
because sometimes we value way too much achievement. You achieved X, Y, and Z, so you have this status, and now we give you all of these things that come with that status, and now I'm no longer in service to and with other people. I'm divided from them. A mindset of we, individuals that have to know their strengths and weaknesses so that I can be a contributing member. And whatever it is that I am engaged in within my community, I want to play to my strengths so I can be a contributing member because when I contribute, I feel valuable because I am valuable. I am contributing. United in the goal and committed to the goal. So I came up with six. I'm also wondering, Nuria, what did I miss from the list? Everyone is equal and equal opportunities to do whatever is needed for the common goal. It's not like somebody would have more merit to do this than the other because the goal is important, the goal and how you are contributing to the goal and how you are, because everyone is different. And I understand the CFO, for instance, a CFO has certain skills that nobody else has. And of course his contribution is very important, but what happens with the person in the manufacturing area that forgets to put a screw in the product and the product is completely flawed. Mm -hmm. We can see that everyone, when everyone is considered important, like Bob Chapman says, everybody matters in the full community. That means that if this guy is not focused and aware of how important this screw is in the product, then this product is flawed. This product has to be turned back, for instance, and then we will not have as many revenue and we will not achieve the target, the plan target that was calculated by our CFO because we have a problem in quality. And this problem in quality is because we are not able to understand that this person matters in the full community. You can just transpose that from being, you know, the guy with the cog in the machine, whatever, to (laughs) the CEO who doesn't appreciate the individual in the work that they do rather than, you know, seeing them as just a a cog in the machine. So you mentioned a few things there and I thought it's really important is the language sometimes that you use and when when you're trying to build this community, when you're trying to build anything, when you're trying to get people to adapt to it, because you talked, you said transformation and you said, and change. And you're like, no, it's transformation. And I was like, well, for me, change is risky, dangerous. There, there could be great things, but it could be negative things. So there, there's too many unpredictables there. So using that word change is going to make 50% of those people have that kind of reaction of like, oh my God, this is scary. Build that fear. But if you say transformation, it's much more like 90% is positive. Like transformation is a good thing, right? People don't transform into something terrible. I mean, maybe in some kind of weird... <laughs> <laughs> with horror story or something you could do that <laughs> in the real world let's focus um so the language that we use is really important and then Teresa only said individuals want to be part of the whole I mean when you're trying to think of how to start a community yes I love that you said it starts you know it begins with choice like someone has to choose to be there one person can start the ball rolling but it doesn't count if it's a government mandated or job mandated role like oh this is our community building hour you have to go and all hang out here in this room and get along and come up with some new idea but giving them the freedom to naturally create that organically to go back to our ecosystem analogy is really important so you've shared so many great tips with us I know that we're running out of time here but is there one thing that you think people who are listening 
who may be afraid of that change and may afraid of that experimenting, afraid to consider changing to a new community-driven system? Is it is it something that you do when you, you said you go into these organisations and try to identify that person who is you know basically your ally to help spread the word? Is it something that you do to uh, identify them? Was it something that you look for that you think yes? Teresa has got that thing that I need. I'm going to talk to her. What is it that that secret, that catalyst that we're looking for? Sometimes I can identify this person from outside. For instance, when I try to search for a customer, I can identify who could be a candidate and then I would address this person. Or through contacts, I could, I could get to this person. It could be that I'm already at the customer, not doing maybe a transformation per se, but while I'm in the customer, I can identify who could be my allies. And with one week, you can very much taste the people, the culture, who you can make questions, you can listen, and you can observe who could be an ally. And usually it's not very difficult because most of the people Want are to. very unsatisfied with the workplace. I don't know. I have. I think I have a special capability to observe uh, when people are not able to smile, to make jokes, to feel relaxed at work, to be willing to meet next day, and not to say, "Okay, here is work. Here is my life, and I don't mix with that because I want to split because work is damaging my private life." So then you have many ways to to feel who could be with you. When you think who your allies are, it doesn't mean that the managers can be your allies. You have to find these allies. These allies have the energy to believe in the purpose of this community, call it transform the way, got rid of all the blocks that are making us completely not having a meaningful life at work. What is making us feel miserable every day? Ask them that, and then you can find these blocking points. And when you are able to share that and have those that say, I would put my energy, you, you can feel the energy, you can feel the enthusiasm and everything that comes from volunteering, from that passion that say, no, I want to be able to do something for good. But what I say is just changing how people's life is. Imagine that finance accounting people are never talking with product development, for instance. You make this connection happen. Say, come on, let's go and try to talk about what is happening. And we make secret things. Again, the divide of what is secret and what is not secret. What can we share and what actually the amount of information shared in the companies through the management levels makes that people with less information lives in another world. Mm -hmm. What if this information were shared, the same information that top management knows can be shared with down in the company and not everything doesn't have to be shared, but we know companies that where everything is shared, even the, all the meetings are recorded and shared. This is what I call this transparency that allows people to say, okay, I have the information. Nobody was trying to hide this information and gives opportunity to others to contribute, to say something, be part of the whole. There's a few things that come up when you were saying that, but 
first of all, it's more important to acknowledge a leader or business person who has the courage or you know the sight to to acknowledge that something is going wrong and welcome in someone like you and outside who doesn't have all of the condition views and things from within the, someone from outside who can come in. And I know that we've talked about this before how you kind of you create these bridges and you work between different departments. And you can observe and you can listen. You can ask the questions that maybe someone that works there wouldn't be able to, even psychological safety wasn't even an issue. Still a lot easier to do that from an outside perspective than from the inside. But I'm picturing you and they're like, I guess you're building like a spider's web. So you're like, you're going from one point to another and creating these touch points and you're making these connections and everyone else doing the same connection. You're building a trap for things to get caught in. You're building something that like on a spider's web, everything can be felt and touched and, and acknowledged and the, there's total transparency like you just said that everyone is aware of what's happening so that's why I'm thinking of you as you go into your uh, your clients and help them by, by creating the, this web interconnection. All right so everyone is going to want to find out how to get in touch with you, how can we find out more about uh, Nuria and, and do you have anything on the horizon that you wanted to share with us? Thank you Riz. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn under Nuria Rojo Riz and you can find me under Otra Consulting, that is the, the company where I'm working. And you can find it also through LinkedIn there. So it's all in the same place. All right. So as you know, we always like to finish off with our rapid fire Q&A. A bit of fun here. So are you ready? There's five questions. Let's go. All right. Perfect. Whatever comes up. Number one, which emotion catches you off guard most often? Mm. Jealousy. Mm. And what do you do to regulate that emotion in the moment when you feel it? Jealousy means explaining maybe when somebody else is doing something good that I would have liked to do it. That is my jealousy. No, it's, it's not in, in, in the partnership relationships. So this kind of not good feeling. And what I try to see is to, to tell myself, yes, this person had a great, a great idea was doing good try to reflect try to control my my own judgment towards me and instead feel admiration inspiration aspiring yes use it as a positive very good yes as the buddha would say sympathetic joy letting go of that comparison feel turning into it's, comparison. Not, it's not easy i have to say it's something that i no. I, I think is a bad one so that's why i i need to Perfect. Good an one. effort on it Great one. All right. Nice, easy one next. What's next in your personal evolution? <laughs> I want to go deeper into to listening, deep listening to people and to, I want to avoid judging and understand why the others have different perspectives than me. Beautiful. Uh, okay. So when your best friend is having a meltdown, what do you say to them? I listen. I, be, I can be quiet and right. tell them that I'm there with them. All right, so in this moment, what are you most looking forward to or most hopeful for? I'm hopeful to have these limitations of freedom that we are having at the moment with COVID. That would be the first. And the second, I'm hopeful that companies reflect on the full possibilities of, of the people that they have inside hopeful for that change of what freedom and focusing on, on the human capabilities that each of us have can do. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, it's been really insightful. I know that the work you do is inspiring to, to for both of us, and I'm sure our listeners will have learned some great things there. Um, best of luck with everything that's going on with your new business, and thank you so much for uh, joining us and uh, being one of our alumni. Thank you, Nuria. Thank you, Riz. Thank you, Teresa. It's been lovely dialogue. I love to exchange this and to be challenged as well. When we are not challenged, we are not able to bring our thoughts. And of course, uh, I I love your reflections. Thank you very much for having me here. Thanks for listening to this episode of TNT. Please share, subscribe, rate, and review. And when you're ready for your personal evolution, check out Reese at trueselfcoaching.com. And for your emotional intelligence revolution, check out Teresa at iqeqtq.com.